Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, bringing help and encouragement to those dealing with real-life issues. To learn more, visit ConqueringSeedsOfDestruction.com. Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction. My name is Maureen Y. Smith, and welcome back to the program. And as you remember, we will be finishing up today on God's Seed of Survival, the Seed of Truth, which is part two. Now, if you missed yesterday's program, you can go to the website and actually click on the podcast that is labeled Conquering the Seeds of Destruction to try to listen to part one of the Seed of Truth. So for a quick summary, truth means the real state of things. It's facts, it's actuality. And I also quoted Proverbs 16, 6, which means by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Now we continue to talk about the things that God left for us to fight the enemy's attacks, which are the Holy Spirit and the Bible. Now we're going to actually talk more about communicating with God. And so we're going to actually talk about prayer. So prayer is very important in any and all situations. When you pray, you talk to God. When you read his word, you listen to what he says. As mentioned last week, you have to have both the talking and listening components in order to have effective dialogue and conversation, even with God. Actually, especially with God. Jesus told us how to pray to God. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, it says, But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So in these verses, you see Jesus sharing how to pray to God. He explains that you should create a private and personal conversation that comes specifically from you and that it actually sounds like you and not someone else. Now, some people may think that if their prayers are long and if they sound a certain way, that it will make more impact. But on the contrary, as you can see from the scriptures that Jesus shared, he wants you to just be yourself and also understand that God knows what you have need of before you ask him. Sometimes I actually think we tend to forget that God is really an all-seeing God and an all-knowing God. But it is good that we just have the ability and the privilege to come to him in prayer. Now, many people actually start off praying by reciting the Lord's Prayer, especially after they have accepted the Lord as their Savior. So as shown in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, it says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
So let's go ahead and just dig a little bit deeper in that specific prayer. So when we see that our father is in heaven, it is his name also that needs to be honored and revered. We talk a lot about the will of God and making sure that we are following his will. Now, if you look at verse 10 of Matthew chapter six, excuse me, it says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. God says that he wants his will to be done in earth as it is in heaven. So everything that's taking place in heaven, he wants things to be done according to his will on earth. Now, sometimes you think you won't experience the hand of God moving or that you won't have a good life because you think that it will only be good when you have left this earth or maybe when you go to heaven. However, God says that his will should also be done on earth. And that's why it's just so important to just know him, to know his voice and to know truth so that you can live this abundant life that he has for you. John chapter eight, verses 31 through 32 says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, what you will see is that God's truth sets you free from the enemy's deceptions his lies, and the sin that he continues to try to tempt you with and even consume you with. Now, I'm going to give you one more way that some people actually pray, and they actually follow what we call the acts of prayer, A-C-T-S. So the letter A in acts stands for adoration, and they start the prayer off by adoring and praising and glorifying God. The letter C stands for confession. So they confess and repent of the sins that they have done. The T stands for Thanksgiving. So they will discuss the people and the things that they are thankful and grateful for, as well as the things that God has done for them that they are thankful for. And then the last letter S stands for supplication. And it is at this time that they actually submit their pleas and their request to God on what they may want or need him to do. And then, of course, the prayer is ended in Jesus' name because it is Jesus who is the mediator of our connection to God. And it was him that paid the price for our sins. Now, granted, you don't have to do any of the structured ways that I may have shared because prayers are a conversation to God. And he just wants a sincere and repentant heart to come to him and to spend time with him. He wants you to enjoy the relationship that you will build with him, just as you build relationships with other people. He wants you to make the conscious effort to put the time in with him. And even if you don't do all the things, you know, in that order, For the most part, when people are having a conversation with God, sometimes those things are said in a prayer. I do want to make sure that I mention that. So let's now look at our example with Adam and Eve with their communication being restored through the seed of truth. And Genesis chapter four, verses 25 through 26 says, and Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God, said she, 
hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Now, what we begin to see is that it wasn't a good thing when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil because they had developed this new knowledge. After that happened, evil and sin continued to ravage the earth and it went into their children with Cain and Abel. We actually see the first murder taking place with Cain murdering his brother Abel. And then we also see Cain being kicked out of his current home with the family. He was actually banished. We also see, too, that men started following evil ways. And there were also some that were following the ways of God. Man's knowledge of good and evil consequently only led them down a path of disappointment, hurt, pain, and suffering. And I think that's why God didn't want them to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because he knew we couldn't handle this. And that's why, you know, we have to make sure that we are obedient to what God tells us. God knows not only just what's in the past, but he knows what's in the present and he knows what lies ahead of us. So we have to just make sure we're being guided by his voice so that maybe we can possibly avoid the heartache that could come. Sometimes we become disobedient and we do things our way. And then, of course, we start questioning God. Why did this happen to me? (laughs) Sometimes if we just listen to his voice, we can avoid some of that heartache. Now, as we see in the scripture of verse 26, it wasn't until the birth of Seth and all of his descendants that men began to call upon the name of the Lord. And they started to really listen and obey his voice. They started to be in tune to God's voice guiding them to truth versus the voice of man misleading them to a path of destruction. Look how long it took all of them to finally start to listen to the voice of God. It was Adam and Eve's third child. Look at how much they had to go through to finally decide that they really did need to hear God's voice. Think about it. Adam and Eve had everything. And it was that one split decision that became the most costly for everyone involved. And even everyone after them, because of course it affected us too. (laughs) So what about you? When things start to spiral downward and you recognize that the enemy is guiding you along the way, do you break the cycle you are on? If you don't, how long do you stay on that path before you get to the point that you have had enough? When does enough become enough? Hopefully you will make a decision for yourself sooner than later. Let me also add, if you have been in a situation that may be toxic or destructive and you have been in it for a very long time, maybe for several years, let's make a courageous effort to get out of it. I say courageous effort because change is never easy. When something has been going on for a long time, and it is all you know, it unfortunately can become a routine instead of just a situation that you are going through. Now, from the outside looking in, other people may give you several valid reasons of why you need to get out of it. And it may be the truth you could need to hear. However, you have to verbally and spiritually tell yourself that you need to be out of it. For instance, 
you may verbally say and tell yourself from within that it is time to go. Just like the prodigal son did when he was eating the pig slop and realized that he needed to go back home to his father's house. He said to himself that he needed to go back home. When God's seed of survival, the seed of truth, is the mediator and center of any conversation, you prevent the roots of doubt, confusion, and separation from forming. And you also avoid the negative seeds of miscommunication and misinterpretation from ever being planted. Now, I do want to make sure I reiterate this. You have to know the word for yourself. And it is so important that you make sure that you know God's word. I say that because the enemy does know God's word. It makes me remember this story. And some of you may have heard about it, how there was a person that was learning counterfeit bills. And so his goal, of course, was to basically detect the counterfeit bills. He didn't just study the counterfeit bills. What he did was he learned front, backwards, every little mark of the actual bill, the real bill, so that when a counterfeit bill came into place, he could immediately detect it. And that's how it is with us. We should know the word so well, so clear, and we should know God's voice, you know, so well that when we hear maybe a false prophet or maybe the word of God not being taught correctly, we feel that in our spirit. And so we have to just make sure we are doing that. So I'm just going to continue to ask you to come back on Friday as we continue to see how things unfold and what God will do in our lives as we conquer the seeds of destruction. Thank you. Public author and speaker Maureen Y. Smith brings help and encouragement to deal with real life issues, giving you permission to live the life of abundance that God wants you to live, allowing peace, joy, and freedom to reign in your life. To book Maureen at your next event or small group, email conqueringseedsofdestruction at gmail.com. And to follow Maureen along in this radio journey, purchase your discounted copy of Conquering the Seeds of Destruction book and workbook at conqueringseedsofdestruction.com. That's conqueringseedsofdestruction.com.